0: What is going on, everyone? I am your host, Dylan Lasagna, and welcome to Very Cold Lasagna. Whether you are watching this on YouTube or listening to this on your preferred audio streaming platform, this show is your safe space for the most guilty casual takes on the world of pro wrestling and sports. Welcome to episode number 106 of this icy yet spicy podcast with the Very Cold Lasagna in it. Today, we're going into part two of our NFL 2022 season previews, going into the NFC North which has the Green Bay Packers, the Minnesota Vikings, the Chicago Bears, and the Detroit Lions. Now, just a friendly reminder, as we do our season previews all month long, pretty much it's in the the title, pretty self-explanatory. We're previewing each team in the division, all eight divisions, all 32 teams. Pretty much what what we're summarizing, what happened in the season prior, in the year prior, what they did in their offseason that made the team better or worse, their biggest takeaways from the offseason, whether it's from free agency or the draft, some of their key strengths and weaknesses, um, and their key games of 2022, and some questions that I may personally have going into the season and that may prolong all season long. So before we get into things, um, obviously, make sure you subscribe on, on YouTube Listen to the show wherever you want to, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor FM, and wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the show on social media, on Twitter and Instagram, at VeryColdAzonia. And most importantly, I hope you had a fucking great 4th of July weekend, or wherever you are around the world. So anyway, let's get into today's show. Let's get into today's topic of the day, and that is continuing our tour across the NFL taking a look at each team's 2022 2 months before the season even begins and we are going to start with the NFC North the Detroit Lions and i got to admit with the Detroit Lions they finished 3 13 and 1 last season but as i mentioned in my season recaps it, it was in, it was kind of an optimistic 3 13 and 1 Why do I say that? Well, when you look back at their first season without Matthew Stafford, because they traded Matthew Stafford to the Los Angeles Rams for a big draft haul of picks and Jared Goff in this, in their first season without him and their first season with a new new head coach by the name of Dan Campbell. Yes, they were pretty crappy. They were a pretty crappy team. They had a pretty bad roster. They went 0-10 and one heading into December, Um, but for the large part of the season, uh, they were pretty much in in the games. Dan Campbell had his team fighting in a good amount of their games, and going into December, um, they ended their season on a high note. They had upsets over the Minnesota Vikings, who were still in playoff contention, and perhaps their biggest win of the season came. Two weeks later, against the Arizona Cardinals at home, pretty much whooping their ass um <laughs> on Kyler Murray and pretty much that whole offense. And they also ended their their season beating the top seed Green Bay Packers, but they already clinched the number one seed by then, so that was kind of a pointless win for them. But by the end of the season, they netted themselves the second overall pick in the 2022 NFL draft. And like I said, They did go 3-13-1 in 2021, but I mentioned in my season recap, which by the way, if you forgot what happened with the Detroit Lions, go check that out. Things look bright for the Detroit Lions. Yes, they went through a lot of shit in their entire history of the franchise, but with Dan Campbell, this was a no-nonsense coach. He really wants his team to fight in the game so this was kind of the guy that was the right person to lead the charge in this rebuild in the motor city and you had some some pieces that broke out in 2021 the most notable one being uh, a receiver by the name of amon ross Saint Brown i think he was a very late round pick or an undrafted free agent mind you and all he needed was another wide receiver to compliment him and a quarterback to go along with him to really take that next step so for the Detroit Lions in 2022 their goal uh, while still in this rebuild was to simply just win more games to continue to inspire confidence in this Dan Campbell rebuild now how do they get to that spot how do they get to that goal in 2022 now they're not gonna probably not gonna make, make the playoffs again but that that should be their goal winning more games to keep Dan Campbell around and inspire hope in Detroit. So as I mentioned in my season recap, some of their priorities included getting that wide receiver to complement Amon on St. Brown going into year two, finding upgrades in the secondary because in 2021, they weren't very good in generating turnovers. They were like almost dead last in the league in that category. And, in a kind of a weak offseason and in a very weak NFL draft, the Detroit Lions had to decide whether or not it was worth addressing the quarterback situation because Jared Goff, he was not good in 2021. He he looked well shell of his former self in from what he was in Los Angeles, what he was with the Rams. Honestly, he only had one good season with ah, two good seasons with the L.A. Rams. And then after Super Bowl. Yeah, nothing happened after that. It just went downhill from there. So for the Lions, they didn't really do much um, in the offseason, most notably free agency. They didn't really really do much. They did sign um, former Jaguars wide receiver DJ Clark. Um, I think he was pretty much the number one option in that Jaguars offense with Trevor Lawrence. And they got. A decent add in the in the defense by adding safety to Sean Elliott, both to one-year deals. So nothing much happened in free agency, but they also didn't really lose too much in free agency, like too many notable pieces. And then in the draft, that's where they really did their work. They added with the number two overall pick, um, Michigan defensive end Aiden Hutchinson, who I thought was a pretty solid guy. Um, he just seems a little raw. He just likes to bulldoze a little too much. So whoever the defensive coordinator is, whoever's their defensive coach, will have a little bit of a project with Aiden Hutchinson. Um, But what I did like in their draft was their trade-up to go get Alabama wide receiver Jamison Williams. He's a a very good receiver uh, from what I've seen in the tape. And maybe he can help help out uh, Amon Rossi Brown, and maybe even help out Jared Goff a little bit, as long as Jared Goff can play. They also managed to add a defensive end by the name of Josh Pascal from Kentucky and free safety Kirby Joseph from Illinois. So some notable names from the Detroit Lions draft, and that's where they did their dirty work the most. So on paper, in the offseason, the, the Lions got a little better on defense. Um, not I mean, not too much better because... Um, in the secondary, you still have some things to address in, at your cornerback position, um, but you in, in the safety spot, it's a little solidified. Your pass rush is still kind of so-so, uh, but adding Aiden Hutchinson and hoping that he has a good year, um, not like a total breakout year that he's going to be an offensive rookie of the year contender, but adding Hutchinson, hoping that he develops well, should should have some promising signs for Detroit down the line. And I don't know if it was uh Williams or someone else, but I think for Williams, um I think he was the one that came was coming off an ACL injury, but if he can stand, if he' coming into the season healthy, he can remain a really good compliment to Amon Ron C. Brown. He can be that key piece that the lines were pretty much missing all season long because um other than, I'm on Ron St. Brown, no one was there for Jared Goff to throw to. So it was either DeAndre Swift or Ron Ronsey Brown in that offense. That was it. Speaking of uh DeAndre Swift, who's gonna be the backup running back? Who's gonna be um that 1B, 1C, 1D um behind him? Because whenever DeAndre Swift missed games um at any point last season, the running back core was not good. It was not good so some questions to ask there and then for Jared Goff this is literally his last chance to prove he can at least be part of this rebuild at least prove he can be a capable starting running back uh not running back starting quarterback in the NFL so for Jared Goff he has to prove that whatever was left from that uh Super Bowl season or that 2017 season you know, there's a, there's still a little bit of that left in, in him, but we'll see. We'll see what happens with Jared Goff. If he does, if he can't do that, then the Lions are probably going to have to draft a quarterback in the next in the next NFL draft. So some of their key games of the season. Well, it's pretty much the first month, the first whole month of the season. Three of your first four, luckily, are at home. You get the Philadelphia Eagles, the Washington Commanders and the Seattle Seahawks with a road trip to the Minnesota Vikings sandwiched in between the Commanders and Seattle. So for Detroit, if you want to prove that you can win a couple of games against, uh, through two very beatable teams, if three, if Minnesota chokes it up, you can go three and one, two and two, um, one and three on four, um, in the first month of the season. So, These these are some pretty key games for the Lions in the second year of their rebuild. So some questions I have going into the season for Detroit. Well, I think it's pretty clear. Does Jared Goff lead or destroy the offense's potential this season? Because like I said, Jared Goff has regressed rapidly ever since that Super Bowl uh, loss to the New England Patriots in 2018. So can he lead... Can he get a little better? Can he be manageable um, in leading leading the charge for for this year, helping them improve a little? Um, we'll see. We will see. So for the Dan Campbell lines this year, the top goal should be getting more wins to inspire confidence in this rebuild. So, with that said, you know they added, they got a little bit better on defense. Offense, they got a pretty good receiver to go alongside uh, Amon Ron St. Brown. Now, whether that amounts to anything in the regular season, we will see. But call me crazy, but I think they go six to eight wins this season. Eight wins is a little bit of a stretch, but I could see them go- winning at least six compared to their three wins. Because um, you, you you add 8800 in a potential uh, strong defensive player. Jared Goff ha- at least has that decent decent receiver in Williams. And now you add him with Amon Rossi Brown. Get him the right quarterback um, if Jared Goff doesn't work out. And then the Lions are going to traject upward. So the Lions this season is all about getting more wins. And who knows? Maybe they can surprise even more in 2022. So the second team in our NFC North division preview is none other than can I do it right this year? Can I actually do it this year? Let me build up the strength. Let me build up the strength here, Maggle. Let me do it. (laughs) Bears football. Yes, Bears football is back in 2022. And, oh boy, oh boy. And you know what I'm guaranteeing? Straight off the bat, I'm going to say it right here, right now. Something that I haven't said yet with any of the six teams that I've covered here so far in our season preview month. And I am going guaranteeing yes i'm using the charles barkley guarantee that we get an even worse year of bears football that is right the chicago bears went 6-11 in 2021 primarily thanks to the micromanaging play calls of then head coach matt Nagy and pretty much the non-existent offensive line in front of justin fields who by the way was pretty solid he i mean he wasn't great he wasn't terrible, but I mean, when you when you got flashes of Justin Fields, you like, "Oh my god. The Bears drafted a good, uh, like a decent to good quarterback, but he has no help. He absolutely has no help." And then alongside that, in 2021, the problems for the Bears was a secondary that would just constantly get beat by even the worst of defenses and alongside with the problems with the offensive line um and Matt Nagy's stupidity the the play calls were just designed in a way that the offense just couldn't score they couldn't score anything whether it was anything by Justin Fields or running receivers they can't score anything they couldn't score they were one of the worst offenses in the NFL even against bad teams so both Matt Nagy And general manager Ryan Pace were shown the door after the season, finally. And especially to the delight of the Schlag Daddy. Go check him out on YouTube. And they were replaced by another Matt and Ryan in 2022 by the name of Matt Eberflus, a former Indianapolis Colts defensive coordinator and former Kansas City Chiefs executive director, Ryan Poles. So... They're your new head coach and general manager duo. And the expectations were already so low with Matt Nagy and, and and Ryan Pace. I, I don't know. The bar is, I don't know. I guess right now you could say it's even lower with these two, especially considering what they did in the offseason or lack thereof. So your top goal for 2022 was at least supposed to be protect Justin Fields. Make, a sh- make sure that he could stay upright all season long. Unfortunately, their off-season priorities from their 2021 season recap was to get an offensive line, address the secondary, grab a receiver to support both Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney, um their so-so breakout receiver. But unfortunately, they did the bare minimum. They They barely did any of that. So in the offseason, in free agency, um, they went on to add former Chiefs wide receiver Byron Pringle to the mix. And I mean, Byron Pringle, he's a wide receiver three. He's 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 whatever. They went on to add defensive tackle Justin Jones of the L.A. Chargers because of what they managed to do in the offseason to adjust a loss that I'm about to get into. And that was. Losing defensive end Akeem Hicks to the Tampa Bay Bucks, as well as losing outside linebacker Khalil Mack because they traded him to the LA Chargers for a second round pick and next year's sixth round pick. So you lose two key pieces to the defensive line and then you lose Allen Robinson who wasn't really working out anyway in Chicago to begin with so he goes to the LA Rams and um, Guard James Daniel goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Wide receiver Jakeem Grant goes to the Cleveland Browns. So in a way, for Bears fans, they may think these losses are, are gargantuan. Um personally for me, yes, these some of these losses are are gargantuan. But my biggest thing with the Bears is that they didn't do anything to for add belief, give Justin Fields confident that he's going to stay alive in this season literally like there was other than the draft by the way where they added offensive tackle Brandon Jones from Southern Utah and San Diego State offensive tackle Zachary Thomas it's like there's no proven pieces around Justin Fields that can just not only protect him but actually help him he needs help he needs actual help. And the Bears, general manager Ryan Poles, and what is this like that? beat counting Ted Phillips and the stupid ownership group don't want to give it to him. They don't want to give it to him. They're failing Justin Fields. They're failing to provide him ample support. They're, they are going to massacre him <laughs> in his time in Chicago. I kind of feel sorry for Justin Fields, man. So that's why I think this is going to be such a even worse year of Bears football because of what they didn't do in the offseason. So looking at some of their key games in 2022, it's literally the first two. It's literally the first two games of the season. You host the San Francisco 49ers. It's literally Trey Lance's very first game like in the new season as like the full-time starter going up to Chicago facing Justin Fields. And these two were literally like the top 12 picks of the NFL draft. Trey at number three, Justin Fields at number 11. This could be a potential shootout or a potential blowout loss for the bears, or maybe it can be an upset win by them. Who knows? Who knows by this point, And then (laughs) the next week, whatever happens against the 49ers, you have to go to Green Bay to face the Packers. And I don't know why the NFL loves to do this so much on Sunday night football. Like, how the hell do the Bears get so many primetime games against the Packers when they absolutely do not deserve it in their state of suckage? They don't deserve it. They do not deserve it. So... This season for the Bears, like, who even is the top receiver in this offense? Like, who, like, you have Darnell Mooney. You have Byron Pringle. I guess it's going to be Darnell Mooney. um, But, uh, like, he's okay. He's okay, but he's not world-breaking. But, damn, it's just earth-shattering. So, another question I have for the Bears is that, are they going to suck so much that they, at some point, If the offensive line doesn't hold up, like at all, like does Justin Justin Fields even survive the season? Does he even survive the season? Like, how does Matt Eberflus handle Justin Fields? (laughs) It's going to be interesting to see of how bad the Bears are going to be, because I I'm currently predicting they are going to be one of the very worst teams in the NFL. I imagine they're going to probably win only three to five games. Five is very generous. But in the end of the day, the Bears are going to be one of the worst teams this season. They're going to be very trash, considering what they didn't do in the offseason. You bring in a new regime, and you absolutely don't do anything. Um, but it's your ownership, your GM, your head coach that doesn't want to do anything. It's the definitive edition of Bears football, Magal. So next up, we are going to be talking about the Minnesota Vikings. And Minnesota is actually in a kind of interesting spot um, of sorts. When you look back at their 2021 season, it wasn't Kirk Cousins' fault, to be honest with you. Sure, he made some critical mistakes, um, but none were more critical than whatever the hell Mike Zimmer was hooking up. For his defense um, and the offense, to be honest with you, there were a lot of interesting decisions on Mike Zimmer's end um, that cost the Vikings some very critical games that could have landed them into the playoffs. So alongside Mike Zimmer's questionable play calling and, you know, he preaches defense because he's a defensive coach. His defense got torched. Yes, his defense was, you know, mac and... Moldy cheese. So the Vikings go eight and nine. They miss out on the playoffs. And by the way, they they got beat. They got embarrassed on the last play of the game against the the winless Detroit Lions. They gave them their first win of the season last year. How embarrassing! So out goes Mike Zimmer, and surprisingly, also out goes. Rick Spielman, who was responsible for drafting Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, it was it's kind of a surprising move that he he also got shown the door, um, but it is what it is. So also so now comes in Kevin O'Connell, the former Rams offensive coordinator, coming off a Super Bowl win with the team, and as general manager, you bring in former vice president of football operations. Kwezi Adolfo Mensah. Um, Not sure what exactly his track record is, but this is your duo to lead the new regime in Minnesota. So for Minnesota Minnesota and the Vikings, to bounce back from that atrocious season with Mike Zimmer, your top goal for 2022 is to, for one, establish trust in your new head coach kevin o'connell but don't put so much pressure on him that he quits <laughs> and two is to make sure that kirk cousins repeats that uh same level of play in 2021 he actually was pretty pretty good i mean aside from his usual cap- captain check down kirk cousins level so anyway those are your your two primary goals for 2021 establish trust in kevin o'connell and make sure that kept Kirk Cousins plays at that level he did in 2021, but even better. So some of their offseason priorities from when we recapped the Minnesota Vikings a couple months ago was, well, they had to target addressing their, their defense because their defense was garbage. Their defense was one of the worst in the NFL. They couldn't get to the to the quarterback. They gave up a lot of big plays in the secondary. And even if it was small plays, it turns to big plays. They also had to restructure Kirk Cousins ridiculous contract because if they let him play in the final year of that contract, they would have absorbed a huge amount of money, a huge amount of money. And for what? For what? So they actually managed to get um, that goal accomplished. They gave him a one year extension. So um, that large dead cap split into two. So that was something. And that allowed them to. Signed two key players to their defense. Um, Green Bay Packers. Outside linebackers. It's Darius Smith. So they stole him from the division uh, leading rivals. And they also got a key piece from the Arizona Cardinals defense. Inside linebacker, Jordan Hicks. So some key pieces in the, in the defense already. That should make your defense better. Um, Scheme-wise, it remains to be seen. Now, in the draft is where they did their work as well. They... Added Georgia safety, Lewis sign Clemson corners, Andrew Booth and Missouri corner, a Caleb um, Evans. I'm pronouncing that right. Both of them pretty solid um, in coverage. And then they added a guard um, to also to better protect Kirk cousins um, from LSU Ed Ingram. So a solid draft by the Minnesota Vikings um, to address the defense um, for to replenish it. And that's, I think for the Minnesota Vikings going to the season, I mean, it looks better improved. Like their defense looks better improved on paper. We'll see how they do in preseason. uh, Who wins? um, Who went, who gets, who gets their spot um, in the starting lineup in the rotation. It remains to be seen how this defense comes together. It can look really bad like it did last season, or it can look in the middle. Like, solid or it can look really damn good because the addition of Zadarius Smith really helps out the pass rush alongside um Harrison Smith and Daniel Hunter. And you know, the offensive line was pretty was pretty good last season and adding a guard in Ed Ingram like to the rotation. Like to like the not the starting rotation, but like as bench rotation. Could be good. And most importantly for the Minnesota Vikings is Kirk Cousins. He has an offensive minded head coach now. He cannot screw this up. He has a bevy of talent around him. He has Dalvin Cook. He has Alexander Madison as a, as a is a decent backup too. He has talented receivers in Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. I think they also grabbed the tight end in the draft too, but either way, Kirk Cousins needs to have a really good season. He can't be Kirk Midsons. He can't be... what? How does MJF say it? Mid! He can't be that guy. He, he, there are literally no more excuses for Cousins to fail, to let the Minnesota Vikings down, to, especially when the brights shine brightest on them. He can't, he can't let them down. He cannot... He cannot like mentally collapse under that pressure. So some of their key games going into 2022, it's the very first week against the Green Bay Packers. It's just like week 11 last last year. It's a, it's a pressure-inducing game right off the bat. Then you go uh, into Philadelphia on a Monday night, facing off against maybe a red hot or maybe a ice cold looking to bounce back Philadelphia Eagle squad on a Monday night. Then you got some really tough games in a three game homestand in weeks 10 to 12 against the Buffalo Bills. Oh no, you go to the Buffalo Bills and then you return home to face the Cowboys and the Patriots. The Patriots game being the nightcap on Thanksgiving, a really tough stretch for Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. And then depending on what happens late in the season, you could potentially be facing the the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau for the division title or you could be playing for pride or you could be playing for a wild card spot just as long as Kirk Cousins is there. Remember last time that <laughs> happened late in the season? Anyway, so for the Minnesota Vikings, you know, they can be an interesting, they can be an interesting X factor, to be honest with you. You know, they have the talent on offense. They got a little bit better on defense, if not way better but how much of an X factor can they be in this NFC? So this NFC is honestly pretty weak. So, But how much can they take advantage of that? And for Dalvin Cook, he did not play that many games uh, last season. So he has to stay healthy for the Vikings to really succeed. But even then, Kirk Cousins cannot rely on the run so much. He has to actually you know, be a quarterback that can throw. And then defensively, who steps up in training camp in preseason to line up opposite Patrick Peterson in the secondary? We will see. So for the Minnesota Vikings, um, especially considering that the Green Bay Packers are a little weaker on both ends of the ball, this is an opportunity for them. This is an opportunity for them, um, even with the new head coach, um, in Ken o- Kevin O'Connell, this is an opportunity for them to stake their claim in the NFC North, and take potentially take the division title away from them and maybe get a playoff win in in this NFC. So who knows what the ceiling is for the Minnesota Vikings? They can go eight wins max or ten and win the division. Either way, the Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins, this is this this is their time. There are no more excuses for Kirk Cousins in 2022. So, of course, we wouldn't end our NFC North season previews for 2022 without, of course, talking about the team that has been dominating that division for about near a decade now. And that is, of course, the Pack, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. And, man, the last couple of years for the Green Bay Packers have have been successful regular season-wise. But when it came to nut busting time, when it came out to show their big cojones, no, their big cojones shrank into those shrimpy cojones. And what do I mean by that? Well, let's take a look back at 2019 when Matt LaFleur first came in. They went 13 and three. They defeated the Seahawks in the divisional playoffs. But when it came to the NFC championship game, they disappeared against the 49ers and let Raheem Mostert run over their asses. And then when they get the top seed in the NFC in 2020, in that pandemic season, they beat the LA Rams. But then when it came to another NFC championship game, they let Tom Brady play the lights out on them. And they make some weird decisions on offense in that game. And Tom Brady and company win the super bowl against Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs. That could have been a state farm super bowl, but no. Then in 2021, most recently, they they get all elite in the first game of the season against the New Orleans Saints in Jacksonville. But from there, Aaron Rodgers has another MVP season the rest of the way. They shake off that loss. They win 13 games in 13, 14 games in convincing fashion. They clinch the NFC's top seed yet again. And then that's when we get to... Their first actual playoff game after the bye. Unlike the last two seasons where they coast through the divisional playoff game, Aaron Rodgers does this thing, and then they lose the NFC championship game to either the 49ers or the Tampa Bay Bucks or whatever team decides to show up. Green Bay didn't even get there. They did not even get there. In that snow-driven game, after they scored the touchdown with Devontae Adams... Green Bay got completely ghosted. They got completely snowed into the night by the San Francisco 49ers defense and they completely collapsed on special teams. They allowed uh a blocked punt <laughs> very late in the game and they allowed the 49ers to recover that and tie it tie it up at 10 with less than 3 minutes to go and then they allowed the 49ers to march down the field and upset the Packers with a game-winning field goal to go on to the NFC Championship game on their home turf in the snow. How sad. How very sad. So for the Green Bay Packers, yet another disappointing playoff exit. And there was a lot of drama following that playoff exit for the Green Bay Packers. So you would think that your top goal for 2022, I mean, it still is when we talk about it right here now, is to finally Get Aaron Rodgers out of that funk, finally get him to the Super Bowl, and actually win it. Because it's been almost over ten years now, and Aaron Rodgers still hasn't gotten back to the Super Bowl yet. But when you look what happened in the offseason, when you look what has happened, can you even like get back there? There there are some questions. I mean, the Packers are gonna be a regular season team especially in a weak nfc but can they get back there when it matters most so when you looked at their off-season priorities when we talked about them in our 2021 season recap they had to find some receivers whether it was to complement Devonte adams or to potentially replace him in the event that Devonte adams didn't want to play because Devontae Adams was going to be an unrestricted free agent. And then they had to reload the front seven because they had key free agents in that defense, in that pass rush. But then, <laughs> then you get to the actual free agency. You actually get to March. You you get to the point where the franchise tagged Devontae Adams. But then about a couple of days later, the trade the trade for the Green Bay Packers happened. They trade Devontae Adams to the Las Vegas Raiders for their first and second round picks. No future picks, just their first and second round picks. And we'll get to what they actually did with those first and second round picks in just a bit. But the fact that they shipped off Devontae Adams, they couldn't get him to agree to a long-term deal, speaks to the fact that They do care about Aaron Rodgers, but it comes with a price. It literally comes at the price of having to sacrifice your best receiver um, right now. and Honestly, your best receiver in in the last several years since Jordy Nelson. So offensively, yes, you did get Aaron Rodgers to re-sign to a contract extension. You did get Sammy Watkins. I mean, who hasn't been great? And of all the receivers, you re signed Alan Lazard. Defensively, you re-sign, you re-sign Devontae Campbell and Chris Bryant and Preston Smith and Rasul Douglas and Jair Alexander. So some of the key pieces from the, the last couple of years back back in Green Bay. But you go on to lose Oren Burks to the 49ers. You go on to lose Zadarius Smith to, the, to your division rival, the Minnesota Vikings. A key piece in that pass rush. And then Whitney Merciless retires. And then, I don't know if it matters at the end of the day, but Marcus Valdez-Scantling, um, your, third, your third wide receiver, he goes to the Kansas City Chiefs for what I thought was an overpay for what was I thought was an average receiver. So for, for Green Bay, yes, they re-signed Aaron Rodgers to a contract extension, but it came at a price. It really came at a price. Uh, and it showed with... How much they lost, especially on the offensive side of the ball, and as well as I guess you say as well as the, def- the defensive side of the ball. Now, sure they addressed some of that. They tried to counter some of that in the draft with their two first round picks and in Georgia La- inside linebacker Quay Walker and defensive tackle Devontae Wyatt. And I really questioned them. Why didn't they go for a receiver? But they managed to get the receiver that they wanted and the receiver I wanted for the 49ers in North Dakota, Dakota State, Christian Watson. Trey Lance's old teammate in college, pretty pretty good, pretty speedy. Uh, some questions about his um, hands, but it, is, it was what it was. Aaron Rodgers got a pretty pretty solid pickup um, in the wake of losing Devontae Adams. But the, that's the big question. How long will it take? For Christian Watson to build chemistry with Rodgers. It didn't take overnight for Devontae Adams way back then. So it's going to take some time for Christian Watson to build a chemistry with Rodgers. Now, some other big offseason takeaways for Green Bay. Especially as when it comes to defending their spot as the top dogs in the, in the, in the NFC North. Because, well, aside from the small spurt from the Minnesota Vikings... The North is still Green Bay's to lose, right? It still is, despite how much they lost. So Aaron Rodgers is going to likely finish career his career in Green Bay. I mean, there's no question about it. And, and despite all the the drama, all the speculation of, oh, will he get traded to this place? Will he get traded to Denver? Will he get traded to San Francisco? Will he get traded to, um, I don't know, the the Harlem Grove Trotters. But Aaron Rodgers is likely going to finish his career in Green Bay. But he only has one ring. He, he's in. Sure, you could make the argument that he has no supporting cast. But he did. He, it happened at his price. He want, he wanted more money. So. Keeping Aaron Rodgers comes with the price. So it is what it is. And again, like I said, with what happened with how much they lost in free agency it could come back it could either give them a minor or moderate step back because you don't know what the the defense is going to look like without um zadarius smith and whitney merciless two key pieces in that pass rush and like i said christian watson is going to take some time to to build a connection with Aaron Rodgers. so some of their team games in 2022 include the first game in minnesota you're facing off against a a potentially stronger offense in Kirk Cousins in the Minnesota Vikings and maybe a a better offense than it was, in, um, not a better offense, a better defense than what it was in 2022 than it was in 2021 for Minnesota. So Aaron Rodgers is going to have some, um s- some strong competition in Minnesota early on. Then you have to go to Tampa Bay uh, two weeks later to face Tom Brady for, uh, for Tampa's home opener Then you go face Josh Allen for the very first time, um, on Sunday night football, um, in week eight in October. And then week 15, depending on where you're at at the moment with the NFC North, I imagine by the time that the the Packers will probably, um, be leading the division, you're facing the Rams at home on a Monday night. And depending on where the Rams are with the NFC West, that could be a key game, whether the, the Packers could be fighting for not just the division but for seeding in the nfc wet um in the nfc same thing with the rams this could be a game that decides who controls um like either top seed two seed three seed what have you this could be a game of seeding in the nfl playoffs for for 2022 so a lot of questions a lot a lot of questions um for the Packers in 2022. And one question I forgot to mention was their special teams. Their special teams was garbage in 2021. So how do they go about correcting that in 2022? How do they prevent a block? How do they prevent block punt from happening? How do they prevent large kickoff returns from happening in 2022? How do they figure that out? That's something that they that they're going to have to find out sooner rather than later. But I mean, for the Packers in 2022, they're still going to win a lot of games. I imagine 11 of 12 wins is their, their cap. But considering how much they lost in in the offseason and Aaron Rodgers still plays at a good level, I mean, that talent, that talent pool is, is all right. But with Aaron Rodgers staying, like I said, it comes with the price and Who knows if that price is going to affect them in 2022. So that is it for part two of our 2022 NFL season previews here on Very Cold Lasagna. Two divisions down, six more to go. We have about eight teams covered. Now we just have 24 more of them to to do. And we covered the NFC North. And what do you guys think about them? Who's going to win the division? Who could net a playoff spot um, outside of the division winner? who will get a top pick in the next NFL draft. Let me know your filthy casual takes on this subject matter. We covered the Green Bay Packers, the Minnesota Vikings, the Detroit Lions, and the Chicago Bears. Let me know your thoughts on either team and how they will do in this coming season. But that is it for me on this episode of Very Cold Lasagna, episode number 106 of this icy yet spicy podcast. Make sure to follow and listen to the show however you can and wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the show on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at VeryColdLasagna. And keep that lasagna very cold in the fridge with all your filthy casual takes on the world of pro wrestling and sports. And until next time, peace out.